kicking it with Kendrick. Mm. We love that acting. You're kicking it with Kendrick, but not that Kendrick. Nah, nah. You're kicking it with Kendrick. Yeah, Twilight gets it. Woo. You're kicking it with Kendrick. Pitch perfect singing. Oh, yeah, she's on the go. How many actors got that glow? Singing and acting, I don't know. Not even Leo's got that flow. Musicals and movies more. All the talents out the door. We're seeing what she's got in store. Yeah, and it's time to stop the show. another episode of kicking it with kendrick uh and this is such a cool episode because i mean well first of all i'm always joined by my good friend jeff over here hello but not to cut you off with my hello why don't you finish the reason you're excited well, i'm excited because we have my longtime friend mr dario Sokic. oh god i I, I still can't get it right sometimes uh, you're close enough you know happy to happy to be here uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, you know, big fan of the show. Listen to every episode. So yeah, just thrilled to be here. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so just a quick quiz real quick. What was episode four? Um, I, I think that's the, the one where you talk about Airplane 2. I mean, you did nail it. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, Airplane 2 is definitely a classic movie. Very much so. Uh, I um, have wanted to talk about for a while. Yeah. Um, but speaking of classic movies. That's the movies, one with the Canadian Oh, wait, no. Movie. This isn't classic movies live. This is kicking it with Kendrick. But what, what would you say, Dario, like, is like, just to get a taste of like your movie tastes. I said taste twice. What, what would you say is like your, <laughs> your favorite movie? I don't know. I, I go back and forth on that a lot. I'm more of like a... The experience I had with the movie, so one of them is 2017's Monster Trucks, which I I had a great time with. Yeah. I mean, I always say Scott Pilgrim I really like because um, that's just a fun time. Anything Edgar Wright mostly. What else could I say that I like? A lot of animated movies like The Incredibles, Iron Giant, stuff like that. So I don't know stuff that kind of had like an impact on me, mostly in my youth. I am very curious about monster trucks oh do you want to elaborate on why that was such a like cool a experience long history to this, oh, there's like. this there's a podcast i used to listen to a long time ago and they like they talked about this movie and then i was like i was pretty excited for it and then i remember i think it was baby driver i went to see it with some friends and then the trailer actually dropped in and i wasn't expecting it and i was like like tapping people on the shoulder i'm like yo you gotta watch this and it's a movie about a monster that's in a truck and it literally has a line in the trailer where they say, the monster's in the truck. Another great line in the movie is a scientist who just goes up to our main character and says, I'm a scientist. I'm here to help. Like everything you need to know about him, right there. <laughs> and another good piece of trivia about that movie is, I believe the old IMDb page had a review before it came out where someone complained that they shut down traffic in Chilliwack for a few hours for that movie. But yeah, I know I just really enjoyed it. It was like a running joke I had with people. And then I made an RA program when I was doing that for a year. And um, probably my most successful one ever. So just a good time with some friends. Unfortunately, and... we can't say the same for the movie itself. It's not that bad. It it knows what it is. And it, it puts a lot of heart into it. Even if it is like a tax write-off, you know, they, they tried their best. And I own a poster of the movie. And one day I will get Lucas Till to sign it for me. Honestly, like... 
I don't know, Pierre. I think we're sleeping on this movie. You've sold me, Dario. Maybe I'll... I'm going to watch this. Maybe we should uh, deepfake Anna Kendrick into one of the scenes to have an excuse to watch this <laughs> podcast. I was just going to say, like, I'm always keeping track of, like, if there's any movies that we say we're going to talk about or that make sense to talk about just for stuff to fill time during the summer. Like, if we ever talk about monster trucks, we'll, we'll get you back. I'll be th- thrilled to do that. Mm, yeah. But okay, then what movie would you say in in return would be something that really triggers you, something that really gets you going? Uh, the, I think probably like the only movie that I ever made me like really angry was um, whatever the seventh Star Wars movie. No, not the the eighth Star Wars movie was called. Mm. Oh my god! I ex- Controversial. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, that, I, I do remember that one actually like walking out of that one and being like kind of angry. Oh, that's me with Age of Ultron. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, I don't know. I guess I got a little butt hurt about um, the new Spider-Man movie and like the like the, new the newest one, one, yeah, and all the success it got. Um, but that's about it. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I. No, tell me. I'm interested. Why oh. don't you like it? I want to know. You're, Is it the fan you're, service? You're, you're talking shit on our favorite movies. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I felt like it was like a soulless cash grab, and it made very little sense to me. And I watched it and there's a child sitting next to me and he was confused the whole time and I just felt bad for him and I was like, who is this movie made for? It's like this this is the child, right? This is like the target demographic of these movies and he doesn't understand what's going on. And I don't know. It's just Spider-Verse but worse in my opinion. Like cuz I watched that I think the night before I watched the new one and I was like, yeah, this is just Oh, that's just not fair. <laughs> I definitely was like curious because I went to see this with literally an entire theater full of people who were clearly there because they've been longtime Spider-Man fans. So I was like very curious to know what this would be like, what it would be like to watch if you did not have that background. And so it's, it's interesting that you bring up, you were sitting next to a literal child because that's the experience that I'm like curious about. Not that I want for myself necessarily, Mm -hmm. but like, I loved that movie. Did someone who doesn't have 20 years of Spider-Man movie experience get anywhere close to the same experience out of it as I did? And I guess the answer is probably no. Yeah, who knows? Maybe in like 20 years that kid will talk about how that's his favorite movie on a podcast. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much... That's my big issue with that movie. I don't know. I don't even think it's that bad. It's just it, I got butthurt about how successful it was pretty much. And that's about that's the, like, the only thing that really triggered me. That's fair. I mean, I was there with you, I believe, so... No, I don't uh, think so. I saw that one with Dylan. Never. No, what? The newest Spider-Man? No, sorry. I saw it like sorry, a month and a half Star after. Wars. But yeah, Spider-Man, oh. no. Yeah, that Star Wars, yeah, that one was not, <laughs> not a good time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, those are my questions. I know Jeff has a few for you that are more <laughs> specific to the podcast. I am curious. I've, you know. <laughs> no, we're going back we, to Star we, Wars. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't have to go back to Star Wars. I know I'm in the minority in liking that movie. We have a lot of guests on this podcast, and I've started um, kind of keeping track of some of their answers for some of the questions that we end up wa- asking every now and then. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're a new guest on this podcast. So first off, welcome. Oh, thank, you. thank you for coming on to Kicking It With Kendrick, the only podcast on Spotify about the filmography of Anna Kendrick. But because this is the only podcast on Spotify about the filmography of Anna Kendrick, I need to ask you, what is your favorite Anna Kendrick movie? Or what are your favorite Anna Kendrick movies, performances, and, 
you know, what are your general thoughts? What's, what is your experience with Anna Kendrick in movies? All right. Um, I, I mean, I think my go-to would definitely be uh, Scott Pilgrim. Like, I mean, she's, she's in that a bit. I like her in that. I also like her in Paranorman. Under, that's an underrated movie. She's, I believe she's the older sister in that one. She is. I don't know. I, I, I like her. I think, she, I think she's usually pretty fun in the few movies I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. She definitely tries really hard. Um, I know people really like Pitch Perfect. I've never seen them. I think she's pretty. I don't think that's a controversial opinion. Fair enough. <laughs> You're allowed to. Think yeah, this. I think she is a you know. And yeah, that's about it. I, I don't know. I, I I like her in like I said, I like her in those movies, and that's that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I'm not very familiar with a lot of her filmography. I wasn't either <laughs> until, <laughs> until this show. So I didn't. I had no idea she was in so many movies. If I'm going to be honest, she's in a lot of movies. Right. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about the 29th movie that we've talked about for this mm-hmm. show. It's not our 29th episode, but we've talked about 29 movies for this. Are you uh, are you going to do a compilation episode later on where you talk about all the Lay's commercials she was in? <laughs> Honestly, I've, I've been thinking about like how do we cover the stuff that she's been in that isn't movies, and that's an idea. <laughs> I'm going to add that to my list of how do we talk about TV shows and other stuff she's in. Oh man, she was in. Wasn't she in that show where the sex doll comes to life too? On yes. that like um, streaming service that flopped. Yeah, Quibi. Uh, it's currently streaming on Roku, which is another streaming service that no one knows exists. <laughs> and fun fact about that one, like that one, I can actually find an excuse to talk about because uh, it was originally, I believe, just a movie, and then they cut it up into 10-minute segments because that's how content was delivered on Quibi. Really? So eventually, I would like to talk about Dummy, but we'll see if we can get... We'll, we'll see if we get there. <laughs> I don't know if I want to get there, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'm going to make it so that it's not up to you. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah, I've. Uh, she's, she's been in a couple of things. She's actually been... Uh, well, like I said, this is going to be the 30th movie of hers that we talk about today. And I said it on last week's episode, we're a little more than halfway through. So like she's been in a lot of movies, at least well over 40. I don't know if she's actually been in a full 60, but like she's been in probably 40, 50 movies and she's been in a couple of TV shows. And what I have learned is that she is what I always hoped, but now I have like evidence of is she's a quite varied performer. She has a couple of things that she does really well and that she can definitely fall back on, but she does have quite a bit of range, which when people think of Anna Kendrick in a movie, we, we definitely tend to think of like a certain performance, based, basically like whatever Anna Kendrick movie we've seen. But like going into this whole thing, I definitely was basically expecting a lot of roles that are very similar to Pitch Perfect. And that is not the case. Pitch Perfect is quite a bit different than most of her other roles, at least in small, important ways, even the ones that it's closest to, I would say. Yeah, I, I would agree with that statement. I guess that's a fair like assumption to go into, because like, I think Pitch, that was like, when this one came out, it was like the height of Pitch Perfect, right? Like that was... Uh... About, yeah, I guess. Well, wait, when, I feel like Pitch Perfect pitch, peaked at like Pitch Perfect 2, no? I don't well, know. Pitch when, Perfect Pitch one Perfect huge. Was... When did these movies come out? I don't know. Well, Pitch Perfect one was 2012. Pitch Perfect two was 2014, I believe. No, no, it's 2015. 2015. Okay. 
I remember because you're right. The Mad Max Fury Road was at the same time. Yeah, I watched those two on the same day. Interesting back to back. Pretty interesting double feature. Yeah, yeah but the movie we're going to talk about today came out in 2016. And uh, before we get into talking about that movie, I want to read you guys something that I found on the internet after looking specifically for it. I won't pretend I just happened upon it, but like, it is something. Two men need wedding dates. My brother and I are looking for wedding dates. We've been told by the bride that bringing dates is mandatory. So we won't harass all of our friends all night and stay under control. Rather than ask some fringe women in our lives to go and face the inevitable, does this mean he wants to take it to the next level? Questions? We'd rather bring complete strangers and just figure it out. Still reading? In anticipation of your questions, we developed an FAQ section below. Dave, Mike, what's in it for me? An excuse to get dressed up. Open bar and food all night. Eccentric slash downright dangerous bro-to-bro dance moves. May need to sign a waiver. Adventure. Mystery. Suspense. True love. Royalties. Once our night's story is developed into a romantic comedy. Asterisk. If this ever happens, we estimate the chances at 85%. We refuse the right to let Ashton Kutcher play either of our characters. However, we will consider him for a supporting role. So, what do you fellas like anyway? Oh, us? We're both in our 20s, single, dashingly tall, Anglo-Saxon, respectfully athletic, love to party, completely house-trained, relaxed, passionate, smell great, have cool hair, clean up nice, boast great tie collections, will promise to shave, love our mother, have seen love actually several times, controversial, provocative, short-sighted with a big picture mentality, raw, emotional, sensitive, but still bad boys. What should us ladies be like? You should respond in pairs, as you'll want to know at least one person at this wedding. Sisters, twins, are preferable, but we'll take friends or even enemies. You should be attractive or our aunts will probably judge you, but not too attractive or one of our uncles might grope you. You should be relaxed and easygoing, as we'll probably make up flattering lies about you on the spot. You should own a dress or be able to acquire one because we don't have any. If, when, you respond, you should send you some pictures of yourself so we know you've met the above requirements. Feel free to include a resume. This is a classy wedding and we're looking for well-rounded women. Interesting slash unique pairings are encouraged. Don't be afraid to make yourself stand out. This feels kind of creepy. Are you guys Craigslist killers? No. Well, if you want to be tech, never mind. No, we aren't. We just genuinely want to do something different, and we don't see any other way to approach it. What would verify our normalness? Facebook? Instagram? We can have a pre-date screening slash interview or prior to the wedding and play 20 questions over a couple of cocktails if you'd like. We're in. What now? First off, smart thinking. Email us, send along some pictures, information, high school athletic stats, questions, etc. We'll take it from there. Location, New York City, Saratoga. It's not okay to contact this poster with services or other commercial interests. And there's actually a picture here that I unfortunately can't show you guys because I don't know how to share my screen here, but it's funny. <laughs> uh, I love it. Hilarious. So, all, your, uh, all your audio listeners are going to like that picture. <laughs> <laughs> you could just describe it and then do your oh, do your best to describe um, it and there's the constitution right in the so it's the constitution in the background and like fireworks just ahead of it and then there's two centaurs like straight out of a dungeons and dragons monster manual but the faces are replaced with 
really poor quality family photo style pictures of the two brothers who wrote this ad. Nice. So my question to you guys, what do you think of that? I don't respond to Craigslist ads. So I'm I'm doing this as like a Craig's ad. I'm taking the point of view of a person on Craigslist. I'm looking probably for an old iPod or something. And I see this post. I'm probably not clicking on it. I'm not going to lie to you. But I would probably enjoy looking at the picture. There was a lot of words there too. So I doubt I would read all the words if I was. It was very I think they could have maybe made it more concise, trimmed some of the fat, paste it better. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot like the movie. (laughs) Sorry, that's getting ahead of myself. My bad. But yeah. Oh, Nadari, what do you think of this post? Well, like me of right now, of 2022, would think this is complete cringe. But like in 2016, I probably would have thought there was some novelty to it, you know. I thought, or actually, no, I probably wouldn't have read it. Let's be real. But <laughs> if I did happen to read it, I probably would have thought there was some novelty to it back in 2016. Actually, like my biggest thing about this is, so the movie we're talking about today is going to be Mike and Dave need wedding dates. This is based off a viral Craigslist post, but I always have to wonder, like. What does that mean? Because what is a viral post in 2013 if I've never heard of it? I had never seen this post before right now. And like, sure, things can go viral without me knowing what they are. But like, have you ever heard of this? Apparently this was like huge, I guess, in 2013. The people who wrote this got a book deal for some reason. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I've never heard of it either. And when I saw at the end of the movie that it was based off a Craigslist lad, I was like, press X to doubt. Um, <laughs> like, to me, it was like, no way. Or like, maybe, like, very loosely. But like, yeah, no, I'd, I'd never heard of it. And it's not like I'm unaware. Like, I, like, I'm on the internet a lot, right? So. Yeah. So am I. No, so for what it's worth, the movie is based on this ad. But the events of the movie are not based in reality. Like, the actual story, they probably got a lot of responses, but they didn't end up getting anybody from the Craigslist ad, so they went with their cousins to a wedding in Saratoga. Like, that's, that's it. It's not nothing, nothing exciting. It's just an ad that I guess is kind of funny. Feels like maybe it would be funnier in 2013, mm-hmm. but, like, I think it's definitely hampered right now by the fact that it's on Craigslist, and Craigslist, by definition, in my mind, is cringe. So, um, yeah. And it's also, I don't know, it'd be really like, wasn't Craigslist used for like sex stuff? That's what I know Craigslist from. <laughs> like, that's, that's always been my impression. But I mean, I don't know. I never used Craigslist because Craigslist always freaked me right out. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I want to buy a computer. I'm going to go to literally anywhere else. I don't know. I bought yeah. a copy of Mario Party 4 from Craigslist. And, uh, you know. Oh, nice. So how was your Craigslist experience? That was pretty good. You know, we had dinner, um, you know, wow. <laughs> got a hotel room. <laughs> they gave me a copy of Mario Party 4 after. It was pretty good. So the sex nice. is always implied. It's just, <laughs> yeah. you see, you get the, the transaction slightly different. That's Yeah, the, the um, exchange rate is always different, you know, like every country. Yeah, of course. Actually, there is something else to say about this. So this... This is a Craigslist ad from 2013, and it became a movie for some reason in 2016. Now, the idea of turning literally just an internet personal ad into a movie is strange to me. But the thing is, this is not the only time this has happened. Have either of you guys seen Tusk? Yep. Okay, so Tusk, 
was based on a skit that Kevin Smith did with on on one of his podcasts. But like that skit was based on a I think it's Gumtree ad. It's basically Craigslist but in Britain. And like they just they took this ad and they turned it into this dumb skit about a guy turning people into walruses and then they made a movie about it. But the thing is like within that same time frame there was a grumpy cat movie and there was a fred movie and like <laughs> why did people think it was okay to make memes into movies and how come and like i don't know that it's ever been done very well it's always weird at best uh, that was actually when you started talking about that i was going to ask is there a single piece of internet culture or like something that went viral or was kind of big that you would like to see a movie of i want to say no like <laughs> i mean i want to see an eve online movie but like that's not Eve online. Isn't viral internet culture. It's like a game. So you can adapt it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I think a singular piece of internet culture or memory isn't something that I would be like, this needs to be a movie. I'd love to see a movie on those prequel meme things that I see on the internet. I think those are pretty funny. Maybe three movies. (laughs) I, I was talking to Jeff about that before though. Like meme movies are like the future, right? If you can harness the power, you can make a a meme movie but like accidentally because you know like all these all these movies are made accidentally into memes right so like yeah they need like a director that can accidentally push themselves into making a shitty movie that is made fun of but in a fun way yeah you need someone who um takes themselves way too seriously and doesn't exactly. really um have a lot of self-awareness yeah. that's the thing like after the first one it's like it's done though because then they, they mm-hmm. realize their shit and it's they become self-aware and they can't do it again Unless they've really got their head up their ass, like George Lucas or something. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Uwe, Uwe Boll. Yeah. That's also part of the reason that Tommy, that, like, The Room is as good as it is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, the first one is great. And then everything Tommy Wiseau's done afterwards, I'm, I haven't seen that much of it. But, like, the stuff I have seen has not been fantastic. It's like, he he's embraced the meme too much. Like, he accidentally made something really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you can't you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice like that. No. Birdemic, same thing. Yeah, it happened to the guy who did Birdemic. It happened to the guy who did The Room. It happened to the guy who did Assassin Thirty Three A.D. And you know, it happened to John Krasinski, who made a pretty great meme with A Quiet Place, but couldn't replicate it with A Quiet Place Two. Um, if you want a good director in that kind of vein, who so far hasn't fallen off the uh, the slope there, he's still on top. Uh, Neil Breen, if you've watched any of his stuff, he consistently thinks he's making like grade A movies and they're all like very campy and very, very enjoyable in that kind of Tommy Wiseau. I think he does actually have a new one coming he out does, this year. He does, he does. I'm pretty the, excited that's for the it. Is that the Velocipaster guy or something? Is that the same the which guy? guy? No, that's Brendan Steer, Velocipaster guy. And like, let's be honest, the Velocipaster is actually probably the highest quality movie of that entire last minute that we've talked true, about. Very true. But that was on purpose is the thing. It's, it's weird. It's confusing. Yeah, it's weird. The Velocipaster is true artistic vision done yeah. right. Anyway, we are just about the time where we normally break for commercial. So I guess we will do that. And then we will come back and we're going to talk about the movie that resulted from that Craigslist post, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. I'm 
I'm here with Mike and Dave. They are looking for dates to their sister's wedding. You may need to sign a waiver. That's really important. On July 8th. Let's make these guys take us to Hawaii. Some stories are too crazy to make up. It's all part of the plan. Are you okay? I am now. Don't let me go with you. This party's crazy! Is it a bad idea? I saw Tatiana with Cousin Terry. It was for tickets to Rihanna. Mike and Dave need wedding dates rated R. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of the podcast where we actually talk about the movie instead of, well, I mean, it was fun talking about Dario, too. Always a pleasure. But in this case, Dario's a fun guy. He's a fun guy. But not as fun as Anna Kendrick, I guess. Oh, sorry, that was a harsh <laughs> accusation. I'm sure they're both. I, I, I would, uh, I would agree with that people. statement. <laughs> um, I think it was fun as Anna Kendrick. Oh, well, we'll find out because, I mean, in this movie, Anna Kendrick actually plays quite the fun character compared to her usual relative straight man self but in this movie we're talking about mm-hmm. mike and dave need wedding dates starring who we got it's like zach efron aubrey plaza anna kendrick and who's that other guy i've seen him in so much stuff i don't know his name adam devine what... from pitch perfect oh oh yeah oh my it's another pitch perfect reunion. that's so weird also originally from nebraska so like that's always cool wait are you talking about he was born in nebraska or he's in nebraska the movie he, he's from Omaha, oh, I see. which is like an hour and a half from where yeah, I grew up. I really like Nebraska, the movie. I just want to put that out there. But yeah, this movie came out in 2016. It's a very interesting comedy. I can't really say I've seen many things like it. Dari, do you actually want to summarize the movie for us? You want to try that? Oh, man. <laughs> you want, right, how you fast want. can I pull up the Wikipedia plot <laughs> summary? <laughs> you can get Jeff to do it. It's okay. <laughs> So I don't think uh, yeah. we made a guest do it before. I just I, I'd prefer not to. Yeah, okay, go for it. Okay. The premise of this movie is the premise of the Craigslist ad I read earlier. So the idea is that there are two brothers who are like kind of deadbeats, I guess. They they sell alcohol and they are hard partiers and they ruin every family event they go to, always unintentionally, but they just party too hard and accidentally cause uh, a ruckus. They're like the so, stereotypical um, startup bro. Yeah, very much so. Is how I, I kind of saw them. Well, yeah, that's probably a good way of describing them, actually. And so their parents and their sister get together and say, if you want to come to your sister's wedding, you need to bring respectable women with you so that you can be kept in check, basically. So they put out a Craigslist ad to find two respectable women, and they find Aubrey Plaza and Anna Kendrick, who are actually just basically the exact same people, but a female versions of Mike and Dave, mm-hmm. also hard partiers. They pretend to be respectable women to get a free trip to Hawaii so that they can have a really fun vacation because Anna Kendrick, her wedding just fell apart. So they decide to con these people into giving them a free vacation in Hawaii so that they can get over that. And the rest of the movie is just them sort of doing antics at the wedding. And it's about how everything at the wedding goes right and or wrong. And because they're hard partiers, they eventually ruin everything because that's just what they do, I guess. That's what they do. Yeah, that, that's basically uh, it. I, I thought it was weird. It feels like a very, um, the, the type of setup for like a Will Ferrell movie, but they, they picked two... I don't know. I, I just felt like Zac Efron was a weird pick for this, for a straight-up comedy. I don't know why I had to say that first, but that really bothered me for some reason. To me, it really worked, though, because, like, he's got that serial killer energy. And, like, 
He really brought that this time because he was like, he wasn't deadpan, but I thought he was really funny just because of like, I don't know, he seems super emotionless in the role and everyone else is so high energy. I'm not singling Zac Efron out here. I thought he was actually amazing in this, but everyone else is so high energy and he's like kind of high energy, but in a really, really different way. It's like all internal energy, I guess. I don't really know how to say it. It was just such a weird performance that I thought it really worked. I thought it was really funny. Zac Efron was not necessarily the highlight of this for me, but I think he just worked so well with those other characters. I think I'd agree with that. I think he was he was definitely a breath of fresh air for me in that movie compared to a lot of the other um, performances. Mm. I think I liked it. He was the least like outright zany. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, Dario, what do you think of the movie in general? I don't know why I honed in on Zac Efron, but <laughs> in general, um, I think you you just said you you thought it felt like a um, Will Ferrell movie. I actually thought, and you've seen nothing like this. I would disagree. I think this felt a lot like an Adam Sandler movie, mm. in the sense that it was made you're just right. to get a free vacation out of it. Oh my god, you're so right. No, but even like it was a lot of just like really weird humor but like brought to the max you know like lots of like weird sexual stuff that was just like amped up for no reason mm-hmm. it felt very adam sandlery but yeah it, it, i don't know it, it felt like everyone was like in on a joke or something like the director slash writer was like really high when he wrote this like oh this would be like a great movie to go out and vacation with and like everyone's gonna be on drugs the whole time because everyone <laughs> acted like they were on drugs in the movie too sometimes they literally were on drugs but it, just, it felt like a movie that was just very amped up with, like, not much of a foundation. And it was hoping that, like, it was so crazy that it would make up for, for how bare the plot was, if that makes sense. You guys saying this is a movie made to get a free vacation? I don't think that's far off because I read an interview with the real Mike and Dave. And they were meeting with the, the screenwriters to, like, talk about this movie being made. And the screenwriters, when they met, were like, look... So right now, we have a version of this script that's going to be set in Saratoga. But we can get a bigger budget, guys. Where do you want to go? We can get a bigger budget. Uh, so, like, yeah, I think it's literally a movie made to get a vacation. Well, I mean, there was more to it. Like, I, I want to say there was, like, a weirdly enough, like, some artistic flair to it. Like, it felt like just chaos the whole time if that makes yeah. sense and i kind of admire that in a weird way like that's why like i said earlier like it i honestly can't think of too many other movies that really have like a similar style where just everyone is like just fucking crazy honestly the whole time whether it works or not i, I can't really say so because i think it was a little too much like i, I think it would have helped like i think it would have i would have respected it more if like maybe you had a co-writer that would maybe kind of ground some of the ideas more and maybe flesh out like the emotional beats or something because there were emotional beats but i feel like none of them hit because it it felt like no one was taking it seriously at any point so it's like if they were going for character growth it would have been better if a with maybe a more experienced director or something and same thing with the cast too i feel like if you recasted some of these roles like i personally i would have recasted zach efron and adam devine i feel like they didn't have the right charisma to take on the role i don't i don't know if it's like maybe zach efron's too good looking or something but like he felt like he was trying to be a comedic actor when he doesn't have like any natural comedic chops. If that I 100% agree with you on the Adam Devine part because I actually have written down on my notes from when I watched the movie that he should have been played by Jack Black because I felt every time he's trying to pull <laughs> off the Jack Black cadence when he's like yelling and talking and I'm like, 
you should have just got Jack Black at that point. The only problem being that Jack Black is like 50. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, maybe it would have been like a, a visual gag. <laughs> that could have been funny, actually. Like, they made they made Jack Black look pretty young in Jumanji. I couldn't like when you look at him now when he's like he's like sixty, right? I think he's sixty. I think he's like late fifties. But like he in Jumanji, he almost looks like he's back in his thirties. Like school like, of I don't rock know what they era. Do to his, yeah, I don't know what they do to his him makeup wise, but like he actually looks pretty solid. He's fifty two. Oh okay, but yeah, you're right. I, I think I mean I think that's Adam Devine's like because he 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 acts the same way in the Pitch Perfect movies and like uh, whatever else I see him in. He's just like the insane kind of. Basically, the insane character. I, I, I just, I feel like he does it, like, he's much better as a side character. Um, I get the point of the movie was to put them in the spotlight, but, like, I, I just think he's too annoying to, like, really enjoy. He doesn't have enough, like, on-screen charisma to, like, basically the emotional core of the movie, if that makes sense. So, yeah. I, or maybe that's just me, like, wishing for bigger stars that, like... Well, when you were when you said this reminded you of a Will Ferrell movie a while back, I was I've been thinking about like the movie um, Step Brothers, and like this movie is not that similar to Step Brothers, really. But like, there's it's a lot. Sorry, like I, I, a lot of the emotional beats are a lot like Step Brothers. I guess. I guess what I was trying to say is like Step Brothers. I wouldn't say this is the best part of the movie necessarily, but in Step Brothers, like it does have that very clear emotional arc for both of the characters, and like it kind of feels like at times they kind of want to do that in this movie, but they don't ever commit to it and like, don't ever really want to do it. It's just sort of the bare bones are there. And like it hits in Step Brothers. I would say for worse because it makes Step Brothers feel like at the very end when Will Ferrell gets up and like sings Conte Parturo <laughs> for the fifth time in a Will Ferrell movie for some reason, like it just seems really dumb. So, like, I've never loved the payoff of that emotional arc in Step Brothers, but, like, that emotional arc is much more of a through line. And in this one, it's, like, it's technically there so that the events fit together, but you're right, it's just chaos. Like, the very end of this movie, like, the payoff of all the emotional arcs is nothing. It's more chaos because this movie doesn't actually have fully fleshed out emotional arcs. It's literally just there so that they can... All that's there is enough to tie together the different scenes. Yeah, basically. It's odd, too, because, like, the movie's a lot longer than it really needs to be. I thought it'd be, like, an hour and a half, but it's, like, almost... It's, like, an hour 50, I think. Is it? It really didn't need to be that long. Especially, like, I think with this type of humor... No, it's an hour and a half. Is it? Oh, well, it felt oh, it, yeah. it felt long. <laughs> it did feel long. <laughs> like, I think you could have cut out a lot of the stuff. And especially, like, I don't know, like... It was too maximalist, I guess, and they thought more is better. But like they, like they made Step Brothers look like a subtle movie, if that makes sense. And Step Brothers <laughs> is in no way a subtle movie, but they, it's just a lot. And I, I feel like there's a good movie in here somewhere, sorta, because I do like the style in some ways. I think it's interesting. I just feel like they just had to morph it a bit and change it in a way that could be more, maybe more presentable and more interesting. And if they want to go more balls to the wall, just go for it and don't like. It felt like they were almost in some ways too scared to do it mm-hmm. because again, like they were trying to be, they were trying to get the emotional stuff while being balls to the wall crazy. But it's like, oh wait, are we doing spoilers? Like we are now. This is spoiler territory, like, boys. After the whole like the massage orgasm <laughs> scene, like I actually hated the massage scene. So <laughs> it much. was it was really hard for me to accept the conclusion of like she basically like 
cheated on him but then like they want me to be like oh it's so romantic that they're still getting married it's like just get rid of like that stuff like just let it go balls to the wall if you're going to do stuff like that but like i'm not going to buy into any emotional resolution after watching that scene yeah which was okay honestly i thought it was really bad but they did it for so long it was kind of funny and like (laughs) it was weird comedy was kind of kind of amusing (laughs) i like the the part where what he makes i like that where kumel nanjani like makes eye contact with the guy like yeah while he's he's doing his thing and he like his face is neutral i thought that was kind of funny it's definitely a different role than i have ever seen kumel nanjani yeah for sure yeah i'm surprised he would take that role on on it if if... free vacation to hawaii oh that's true yeah (laughs) no because this is the same year he did the big sick i think and he got like an an Oscar nom or something, or a Golden Globe nom, right? For, Golden Globe for comedy. So it, it's interesting that the same year of that, he did this like very obscene scene that uh was you know kind of odd for him to take. But it was I I actually thought it was kind of funny. Do I love it? No, I I'm kind of mad at myself that I laughed at it. If I'm going to be honest, but yeah, it was one of the better parts of the movie. <laughs> I mean, it is just one where. It goes on for so long that it circles around from being, I hate watching this, to, I guess we're still doing this. Yeah, that, that, that was definitely part where I was like, can this movie end, please? <laughs> oh, wow. He was actually nominated for an Academy Award for The Big Sick. Oh, wow, yeah. For screenwriting, but still, yeah. Yeah. Also, the, the same thing with, I feel like if they recasted the, the cousin, what was it, cousin, what's her name? Cousin Terry. Cousin Terry. Cousin Terry. Uh, I, I think her role... It, it felt like a role that could have been done better by a much better um, actor. Because I, th- I think a lot of this movie was improv, for sure. But just, like, it felt like she was trying too hard as well. Or the character in general was just, like, a little too much. But again, that's, like, every character in this movie. I can't... The first time that I uh, saw Cousin Terry on screen, I thought that was Kate McKinnon. Mm. And I think Kate McKinnon Kate Mc... would probably have been a better choice. Sure, yeah. You're right, actually. Because Cousin Terry is a sexual predator. And, yeah. like... <laughs> She just, she just is that. And I think that Kate McKinnon could have done that and not come across, like somehow not come across as violently creepy as this person did. Yeah, she, I think she played it like a little too confident, if that makes sense. I think Kate McKinnon could have played it more deranged, I guess, which would have made it more like acceptable for some reason. I don't know. It would have been more acceptable to watch. It would have, I feel like she could have made a character that like, it felt like Cousin Terry in this, who I guess is played by Alice Wetterland. At the end, we're supposed to be like, ah, she's just, she's just zany. But like, she was creepy. And like, I feel like Kate McKinnon could have realistically played a character where by the end, we're not supposed to like her as much as we're supposed to like Cousin Terry in this movie. Does she get any like comeuppance at the end? Like, is like, cause I don't, I remember like, it's the, it's the scene in the sauna. And then after that, I think there's like the speech where she's supposed to be going on. And then you don't really see her after that, right? No, I think she gets only wins. Like, only I think that's, wins. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's, well, that's a good point, actually. Was this movie produced by Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> this was luckily after he was no longer producing. Oh, okay. Movies. So we're safe from that. It was just approved by another creepy producer. <laughs> good. This, I'm sure there's more of them out there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, like the weird stuff. The only person I actually really thought fit in the role was Aubrey Plaza, just because I I think she's just really good at playing 
like batshit insane type characters if that makes sense I no think she, no nonsense she was fantastic no in that yeah. role yeah she really owned it i think she's the only one that like felt comfortable in the role it kind of made it her own i think mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Uh, i i didn't want to mention her too soon but like anna kendrick i don't I think she played it well, but I also just didn't like her in the role. It was a very different role for yeah, her. Yeah, and she felt really out of her element, in my opinion. Um, I don't know, Daria, what do you think? I didn't mind her, but I did find her um, her struggles to be very relatable because, you know, she gets left at the altar, which is kind of like how Pierre left me at the altar when I was supposed to watch <laughs> Super Bowl with him that day when I watched oh, the movie. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, um, uh. that, that did happen. She, her husband wasn't sick, so it was different. <laughs> I had an uh, excuse, I think. No, but I actually, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't mind her. I haven't watched all her movies, so like, I mean, for me, it's very, very different for you than for you guys who are experts on on the matter. But I enjoyed her performance as much as I mean, as much as I could with this one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. She wasn't as good as Aubrey Plaza. I can say that much, but she's probably the second best performance for me. That's fair. I I suppose I can agree with that. I thought she was great in this. I loved her in this because uh, it is a very different role for her. And I thought that, like, I haven't seen a lot of performances where Anna Kendrick just gets to be, like, balls to the wall zany. And she kind of got to do that in this. And I thought she killed mm-hmm. it. I guess I would have to see how she is in another similar role. But, like, I don't know how many of those I necessarily want. But, like, I thought her and Aubrey Plaza and Zac Efron were incredible in this. And I would say this is my favorite Adam Devine performance, but that's not a huge... <laughs> that's that's not saying a lot. Yeah. I did like Poor him Adam. in this. It's just that I haven't seen him in very many things. That's fair. Well, you guys are Anna Kendrick experts. Is Aubrey Plaza in a lot of these movies? Because I feel like they had good chemistry together. Shockingly many, but not actually, mm-hmm. like... Not the majority, but shockingly yeah. many. Yeah, they, they they feel like the similar B-movie roles, I guess. They like B-movies. Not the B-movie, but you know what I mean. Like your, your 50s. Kind of, yeah. That's fair. They are a great pair that I wish would work together more often than they already do. Mm-hmm. Like, so far, we've seen Scott Pilgrim with both of them in it, Life After Beth with both of them, and this one with both of them. And this is the first one where they got to, like, actually be a comedic duo and they need to do it more often because the two of them together was definitely like a big highlight of this movie and seeing those two together in a very different movie might be even better yeah wait have we has this director worked with them before with anyone before i'm not sure i if, did not recognize this director at all like i when didn't I saw either. the it credits. doesn't surprise me i doubt she's getting many movies to direct this director has done exactly two movies and yeah the other one did not have any of those people in it never mind then you're halfway there to doing his filmography for a podcast (laughs) yeah look at that all we got to do is talk about the package and then we're done i don't don't know if i want to do that (laughs) i'm not sure either yeah i don't know maybe it's just a me thing then like I, i feel like maybe i'm not giving zach efron and anna kendrick there because i guess i i see them as more regular actors i guess and i don't see them i don't respect them as comedy actors so maybe i'm biased going into it but yeah uh, like it felt like they were trying too hard to me but having seen zach efron in a lot of things i think that the niche that he fills best is like almost the straight man in comedy Mm -hmm. movies 
Like he plays really well off of having like the only, the other thing that I'm thinking of is the movie neighbors where he's playing off of Seth Rogen, yeah. where Seth Rogen is the straight man to Zac Efron, who is playing the exact same character in this, but like he's the loud next door neighbor. So Seth Rogen is reacting to, you know, Zac Efron and also all of the crazy shit that happens in his house. But like Zac Efron is really good in those types of roles in comedy movies the serious movies I've seen him in, I'm not going to say he was awful, but the movies have not been good. So like he was in a movie called uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. I think Uh, it's, it's a Ted Bundy movie and like, he's not that good in it. And the movie is, is like complete horse shit. It's so bad. (laughs) This isn't a lot of those types of movies. 17 again. I meant horse shit, but yeah. (laughs) Oh. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, Dario, where would you put this on your, your scale I mean, of anti-Kendrick movies you've seen? Oh, man. Uh, it's Well, it's probably my third favorite uh, of the other two. Very bold statement. Um, very bold statement. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Would yeah, you say her was performance a... was better than... Uh, Par- no, I guess Paranorman's she, bad. She's not really in a lot of those other movies. Because in Paranorman, she's like, I think, the older sister. She's not in it. Yeah. She's not a focus. Mm-hmm. And then in Scott Pilgrim, she's the younger sister and she's barely maybe has like four or five scenes in that movie yeah it's hard to compare but i mean i i don't know i i liked her i like i said i i think jeff nailed it on the head i would watch a a comedy movie starring these two leads i think they're they're really good together i i would watch that but yeah i don't know the movie itself was a it was a tough one to watch my notes are very very limited and um the people i watched it with one of which was looking up IMDb trivia the whole time and barely watched the movie, and the other one left to make beat art. So, that <laughs> <laughs> was not. Um, and yeah, so I don't have a lot. I guess, Jeff, where would you be placing this? I'm going to be the odd one out today. For Anna Kendrick performances, this is extremely top tier, like top three for me, easy. And as far as movies go, I put this as my number two right behind up in the air. Like I loved this movie. I thought it was hilarious. Uh Uh, There were obviously (laughs) a few parts of this movie that I was not such a big fan of. I thought that the, that one scene that we already talked about, like the massage scene went on for way too long and I never liked it. But again, it does have that thing where it wrapped around to kind of being funny in how awkward it was by the end of like going on for 10 Mm -hmm. minutes. Aside from that, I actually loved this movie a lot. I put it very, very high for me. Well, see, that's Fair two enough. top three um, placements. Pierre, are you gonna are you gonna buck the trend here? Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> this is I well, honestly, considering all the <laughs> Anna Kendrick movies there are, this is this is actually like relatively upper upper mid tier. Um, there's a lot of crap. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I'm putting this relatively. Let's see, yeah, upper mid tier. Uh, and a Kendrick movie, and also performance-wise, I'd say. I think it's a lot, a lot of it's like, I would have preferred someone else in the role. I think it would have been better, but I think she did a good job. She surprisingly worked, like, had really good chemistry with Aubrey Plaza and Zac Efron. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, is, it was cool. Mike and Dave winning our hearts, All right. apparently. Well, last thing. N- normally, I know the answers to this question going into the podcast, but I don't this time. Dario. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you want to promote or do you have uh, any place that people can find you, get more of you, anything like that? Uh, 
if the answer is no, you can say no. But if there's literally anything you want to promote, now is your oh, shot. Man. Well, I, I, once a year, I will make one tweet on Twitter. At <laughs> Other than that, um, nowhere else. I prefer to be left alone online, and that's about all it. All right. Well, since you said you prefer to be left alone online, do you want me to? Do you want me to literally just censor your Twitter handle? <laughs> um, that would be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> So I think that would be good. I don't mind. I I don't care. My Twitter is just the the pretty much all you'll see is all the stuff I like. So that's that's literally it. It's just gonna you're gonna be spammed with shit posts, and that's about it. <laughs> like people talking about Sonic. Speaking of talking about Sonic, as soon as Sonic Two comes out, we're definitely gonna be talking about it. Unironically, my probably my most hyped movie of the year. I am very excited. Oh, for I it. am very hyped for that. That. Uh, if you guys want someone to talk about Sonic in the future, let me know, because I have a lot to say about Sonic. But as for this show, Pierre, the next movie we're going to be talking about... Do you know the next movie we're going to be talking about? No, I don't, Jeff. What is that movie? That movie is going to be Drinking Buddies. We're going to get some Drinking Buddies on here. We're going to talk about booze, and then we're going to get boozed and talk about a movie. Perfect. Or at least some of us will. Some of us <laughs> might have work in the morning. Yeah. But maybe. we'll see.